welcome to this week's edition of Hitting the Headlines with me, the headline maker, Kurt Cooper. And as you can see here, I have already been joined on the chat by this week's guest. I am joined by Mr. Soft Classic White Steaky. How are you, fella? It's, I'm trying to get some promotion going here, so you just better keep pushing that. You know I'm good. How are you keeping, big man? I'm not too bad at all, chat. not too bad at all. At all, at all. Uh, and at I'm all. also joined uh, this week by Sky James. Sky, how are you there? I'm good. How are you, mate? I'm not too bad at all. Ready and raring to get stuck into this week's podcast. Now, before we do, uh, Sky, you uh, have been involved this week uh, with uh, Out in the Ring uh, Collective uh, on Twitter and on social media as part of their We Speak Out uh uh, I don't, in fact, what, what actually was it that, that uh, you were a part of? Well, basically, um, out in the rain there, uh, making a documentary at the minute um, about LGBT wrestlers in um, wrestling. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's like crowdfunded, so uh, the stream was to raise money for them to um, finish the documentary, as well as some of the proceeds that's going to a charity called the Matthew Shepherd Foundation. Cool, which cool. fights for equality over in America. Um, it was founded by a parent of um, a fellow called Matthew Shepard, who was unfortunately killed in a hate crime. Um, it was a horrible hate crime. He was basically like tortured. And when, he, when they found him, his face was that bloody that, you know, it was only like the tears, like um, where his tears had been is the only mm. bit that wasn't red in his face. So um, like the money's definitely going towards a good, Cause. Right, good stuff. But, um, how did that? Was, how did that all sort of take place? How did that all come together? Well, they decided to do it, and they reached out to me. Um, they also reached out to Bobby, who um featured on it as well mm-hmm. at a different time slot. So my time slot, um, there was, uh, Bro Killer and Mr. Grimm and uh, a guy called Benjamin from England. All really nice fellas. Mr. Grimm was talking about how he'd been on AEW Dark recently and all. I'm pretty good. Yeah, and um, we're good. all kind of like talking about our experiences in wrestling. Um, we took a few questions from people because it, um, it was in a Discord server. So I remember uh, anyone that kind of bought a ticket to um, interact with us by asking questions and stuff. But it was really fun and it was really interesting. Cool, cool. And do you know how much money they, they had raised on it by the time it was it was all finished? Um, no, I think um they're still raising money for it now. Um letting people like donate stuff and I think they might still be auctioning off some um items that were donated because um I know a few people, even a few people not involved in the stream did donate stuff. Uh Taya Valkyrie from um who was you know impact and uh Sunny kiss and stuff. I know they don't need it. Ah, good stuff. Like good stuff. Pretty good. It's good to hear that that sense of community <laughs> uh, within the LGBTQ plus uh, wrestlers is live and well uh, at this time of year. Now, what we're going to do is we're going to jump into the main headlines uh, of of the main headlines that I've found anyway over the last week in wrestling. Uh, so the first headline we've got this week is to do with AEW, and that headline is GTS or GTF, uh, with Kenta entering the forbidden door, how many manys is too many manys when it comes to stars from other companies turning up on All Elite Wrestling? Now, Steaky, last week yep. uh, on the AW Dynamite, 
uh, at the very end of it, uh, Kenta, formerly Hideo Itami in WWE, uh, made a, a shocking uh, appearance at the end. The GTS that, that shocked the world, uh, as it was called, although yeah. it wasn't the best other GTS that I've ever seen. No. Uh, what were your thoughts uh, when you saw that, that he was turning up, along with the likes of Gallows and Anderson in there? Obviously, John Moxley's got his uh, New Japan stuff yeah. on it as well. What what have your thoughts been on how AEW have handled or how frequently they've been bringing in stars from other companies? That's um, it's, it's pretty pretty good for their promotion, I would say, that they can try and spread out because most of their people are from other companies. But like, I'm not a big fan of AEW. To be fair, some of it's good, some of it's some of it's awful, some of it's some of it's bad. Like, um, I watched that the no that the start of that show the tag team battle royal yes and see after watching that after watching the royal rumble it's like chalk and cheese like it was just you're watching for i don't there there just seems to be a lot more mistakes in AEW. i know it's a bit more raw a bit more new but mm-hmm. yeah i like having gals and anderson and stuff coming in it's and having kenta it's a bit weird that it's seems to be all ex wwe people who are in different promotions coming in rather than actual like if it had been like Tanahashi or someone like that from New Japan, like obviously I get why because Kenta and Moxley are having the rivalry for that IWGP US champion, US title. Like, but outside of that, it's like, but I don't know. It seems to be people that like Cody and stuff are mates with. Seems to be the ones that are coming in more often. Well, we, we all kind of thought, you know, when AEW started off and <clears throat> started up until they got. Uh, the the lone stars established there would be a heavy reliance on the ex WWE guys like yeah. like on uh, like Pack Cody obviously as well but have you been surprised at how many guys have actually made that jump over as soon as they've been able to and do you think no. that, that is benefiting AEW any having all those big names I actually think it's benefiting all of wrestling that they have big names because it, it's probably better for mm-hmm. WWE it should be better for WWE because they have competition that so like if they're not using somebody properly, that person has an alternative list where they can go make mm-hmm. the same money and do everything else rather than you know like TNA and going to Japan and stuff. It's not as frequent unless you're living in Japan. Obviously, the money's mm-hmm. probably still the same, but like I said, that like I, they have made some some new stars. I'll give them that one. Like uh, I like I like Jungle Boy. Jungle mm-hmm. Boy's pretty cool, and I like Darby Allen. MJF is just. MJF's not as good as he thinks he is, but he's still pretty good. And then you have yeah, a lot of um, Sammy Guevara. Sammy Guevara, is far, I think, is a much better performer than he, he might be one of the best. Um, Orange Cassidy too. Like for somebody that can get over being lazy is an uh, inspiration. I will admit that. Well, all three of those guys that you've mentioned there, you know, MJF, uh, Sammy Guevara, and Orange Cassidy, in some way or other they have benefited from being affiliated with Chris Jericho. Obviously, you've got Guevara and MJF now as part of the inner circle. Yeah. Uh, Jericho had his feud over the kind of the autumn with uh, Orange Cassidy as well there. But do you think that those guys, and including Jungle Boy, Darby Allen as well, do you think those guys would be as prevalent within the company if they hadn't been getting the rub from the, the more established guys? Um, I'd say Darby Allen and Jungle Boy. Um, yeah, I actually say probably all of them. Probably the only one that wouldn't be is Orange Cassidy. 
Orange Cassidy showed in them matches against Pac and against uh, Jericho that he can work a proper, you know, a proper wrestle mm-hmm. match rather than just him being his goofy self, which he's, he's a pretty good wrestler when he wants to be. His matches with Jericho were a bit sloppy, but like his match with Pac was at Revolution was pretty yeah. sweet, like so. Uh, it was awesome. And I think, you know, because of the, the character and the, and the stylings of Orange Cassidy, that that whole gimmick, it probably does have a bit of a shelf life. I think once crowds are back, it'll, it'll kind of come back up again. But, yeah, you know, it's just how how far can they push him <laughs> doing that same thing every week? I know they've they've kind of added some things into his repertoire and whatnot, but is it something, you know, if, if, if it was WWE, for example, do you think they would be Maybe. absolutely hammering that into the ground? Until it would be done in about it'd be done in about three months. And then he'd be on. Like there has been like certain gimmicks that I think in you know in WWE that got over really well um for years. But like like um Brutus Clay, like I remember as a you know, when I was younger and he was doing his um Bunkosaurus thing, like I it was super over and then Fandango was super over at one point Mm because I remember you couldn't even go anywhere without hearing um his music somewhat. Yeah, just when you're doing the same thing, it can get old after a while. And, you know, you know, think, what he does next. Because yeah. I think AEW have been smart about it because. How he's going to ever keep it fresh or what will he do when yeah, it expires when people start getting bored off it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think AEW have been smart about it because he's not used every week in a yeah. high profile segment or he's not wrestling every week he might be there at the site he gets beat up quite a lot which is you know what he should be doing whenever it happens but yeah like it's not i don't know it's it's one of those gimmicks he's had it for about three years on the indies as well too so it just depends he shouldn't he shouldn't be one of the ones carrying the show yeah do you know that he he should be he could be there carrying the show and then because people could always underestimate him just because of his sloth style, but he really, he's not going to be a AEW world champion or TNT world champion. He might be I, tag I think team that, champion. I can see them putting the TNT championship on him at some point. I can see them doing that. I don't know. It's I'm assuming they want that to be the workhorse title just by having it with Cody and having it with Brody Lee and then having it with uh, Darby Allen now. So it's, I think it's going to be like their version of the Intercontinental title more than yeah. anything. So it's going to be the one that they're going to try and push the workhorse on. And I don't see Orange Cassidy having any longevity as a world champion. He could win it maybe on the one night thing and lose it the next night. That might be the yeah. only way, but well, it's tag, not going to be... You know, you, tag they, one, yeah. They could, you could easily see him as a, as a tag champion there. Tag champion, yeah. It now, just depends. Uh, what is it? Chuck Taylor and... Uh, Chuck and... His fist? Uh, Trent. That's the one, yeah. Now, the other thing I was going to say there, Sky, you, you may want to come in a wee bit more on this, but uh, of the, the the wrestlers that AEW could potentially bring in, the one that's sort of being touted just now, although if you believe some of the dot sheets, there's no absolutely no interest in her, which I find uh, shocking, is uh, Zelina Vega, there, uh, Trinidad. Her, like, I, um, non-compete is up. I honestly think, see, what, like, I think that every promotion out there should be jumping on her right now. Yeah. I honestly don't know why WWE released her. I think it was very stupid of WWE to release her because um, 
she has a lot of potential because she shows she can do stuff in the ring. But she's also been a very good manager because I remember before Andrade was put with her in NXT, he wasn't really as over as he was when yeah. he first was with him. She got him some serious heat, like, to be fair. She did. She, I mean, she's got the look, she's got the, the talents, she's great on the stick, and if you've seen fighting uh, with my family as well, she does a great impression of AJ Lee as well. And so she, she, she's versatile, <laughs> you know, she she could bring so much to that women's division in AEW as well. And AEW I, I, need. I've, I've said to you before, women. Sky, the women's division's awful. Like, I'm not saying atrocious. that the women's wrestlers, they do have as bad, it's just, I think they need, like, they're not, they need someone to come in and like, kind of spice it up a wee bit because at the minute, like like WWE, if you look at their girls, you know, an AEW one, there's no comparison there. Even AEW like old SmackDown women. They're like back, they're like back before the Divas Revolution, as it was called, as it was dubbed mm. or the Women's Revolution, whatever they dubbed it as in WWE. AEW matches are just, see when an AEW women's match comes on at the minute, unless it's Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa. Or it's the NWA title, which they're using because yeah. they try and have more female women on. Like they don't promote their own women well enough. Like it's no. uh, you barely even like um like with WWE, you hear about the girls constantly. Where with yeah. AEW, don't I mean even Impact? Impact seem to be doing a lot with the girls at the minute. Impact's women's division is amazing too. Like the fact is that they're using Impact for Nick Dawn Callis and the Good Brothers. Whenever you have all the women that wrestle for the Impact, who could easily come over and help improve the women's division in AEW, because yeah, like um even like you know Keneal Dashwood, she would be fantastic, I yeah. think, and and you know spicing up like AEW a bit because she was fantastic. I think. Well, I think she was underrated. Um, yeah. In WWE, as Emma. Yeah. Because I think like what really kind of kicked off like women's wrestling especially in NXT was whenever her and Paige would have the matches. Yeah. And so I they think they the definitely thing. need they definitely need a girl um in there to kind of make the women's division more established so they can put on like better matches and you know the women they have there, if they have, you know, girls like Keneal Dashwood or Taya Valkyrie even who, you know, was recently left Impact, you know, that could um help you know, the stars they already have make good matches. Like if you picture Taya Valkyrie um, versus Brett Breaker, that would probably be a fantastic match. Yeah, I think that's what we'd like. I know that we, we'd spoken in a previous uh, podcast, Sky, and I said that I didn't think the, the AEW women's division were ready to be on television because not enough of them had that television experience. You know, it's, it's great going and seeing them in the Indies and whatnot, but when you're putting on a television product, every flaw gets highlighted. Uh, and I think, you know, as you say, bringing in uh, women that have established, you know, like, so you're Tennille Dashwood, Taya Valkyrie, uh, Zelina Vega, Trinidad, however you want to spin it, I think those would be great additions. Now, we're going to move on to the second headline here, uh, which is back in the realms of WWE, and that headline is Chamber of Horrors. Uh, with the negative backlash to the Raw Elimination Chamber announcement, has WWE killed the push that some of its newer stars deserve? I'll come back to you first on that, Sky. Looking well, at the... I, um, I actually think there's kind of like a real problem at the minute where uh, 
WWE seem to put, be putting the focus on um, guys that are kind of probably going to be coming to the end of their career soon. Because I was even, um, I was actually looking at the age of the guys in that match. And do you know, Drew McIntyre is the only guy in that match under the age of 40. Wow, that's, I, 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 I think. 40? I, I thought the Miz was maybe like 30. I thought the Miz was 30. He's only recently turned 40. Right, right, there you go. But uh, he, Drew McIntyre is 35 at the moment. Yep. But like, you know, even in the Royal Rumble, a lot of the guys in the Royal Rumble were older. Mm-hmm. So like, if you like look at that compared to even the girls Rumble, the girls will still have, you know, a mix of younger, you know, girls that they can build up over the years. But mm-hmm. at the minute, you don't see a lot of the guys that they are even trying to really build up that are younger that are, you know, going to be useful in the future. I think the thing I, that a lot of people are, are angry about is, you know, uh, there was so much fanfare about Keith Lee coming up to the main roster. Uh, and, you know, it looked as if they were going to rocket strap him and, and turn him into something great. He's kind of fallen by the wayside recently. Uh, they brought Matt Riddle up. Uh, he's had a, a so-so... Uh, run over on SmackDown and uh, and whatnot. Now that he's on Raw as well, so I've been expecting to see those two in there. You know, there was rumours that Big E was yeah. going to be getting a massive push at some point. You know, Big E would have added at least a wee bit of diversity <laughs> into the, the sure. All White Elimination Chamber as well. There, so you know, they, uh, those are the guys that you would, I would have expected to see in there. But obviously, yeah. Vince is going going a different way with it. I would have liked to have seen Big E there because I um. I, I like what they were doing with Biggie, and it's kind of unfortunate that they're not doing that anymore. And it, I'm probably going to be a bit of a hypocrite here, but this for diversity, I would have loved to have seen Cesaro actually get a push. Yeah, well, I mean, they, they, this is the only the, the raw ones that have been announced so far, so I don't know yeah. if SmackDown's going to have its own elimination chamber or, or how they're going to do that, because, I mean, that'd be a bit overkill, because they usually have a men's, a women's, and a tag team's. Did they still do tag teams, did they? The tag team one last year, I'm sure. I'm sure they did. I think they did one last year, yeah. But all of the... Yeah, I don't see who else. Like, I can see the way you're doing Keith Lee and Riddle. Like, they're in that US title picture at the minute, both of them now. Mm -hmm. And I think they're doing a triple threat in the Elimination Chamber. Bobby Lashley, Keith Lee... Lashley again. Lashley's a guy that, that could easily but be, be put into that as well. I think what's going to happen, if you're looking at it, because Matt Riddle is beating Lashley, and I think Matt Riddle's just, I don't like Matt Riddle very much, but um, like, uh, I think this Elimination Chamber match, he's going to take the pin or the submission from Lashley after Keith Lee is about to win the title. And then yeah. you're going to get Keith Lee getting pushed into a big picture against Lashley. And Bobby Lashley's been unbeatable since he's been US champion. So, yeah, like when Keith, Keith Lee dethroned him at WrestleMania, that's what I could see happening, which will be a big pop for Keith Lee's first singles title. And they're pushing the US title quite heavily at the minute on Raw as a big as a big title because it's on Lashley's waist, to be fair. Yeah, that, that's a good bit. Of like, I, like, I like your thinking. I like where you're, you're looking at with that. But they, there's not really many other ones on Raw. Like Raw is a much older brand for top stars. Yeah. Like so, I can, like the whenever I seen the announcement of who was in it, it made sense to me pretty much. Mm-hmm. I was 
Yeah, like there's a couple of stories there. It's going to be a good match like because you know, yeah. it is quite talented guys like you know the Miz can go like, uh, Randy can go Seamus can go Drew Seamus can go Jeff Hardy and AJ like yeah. I mean, the, the, only, is, the only one that I think of that six, I mean, whether or not you agree that there should be younger guys or whatnot in it, of the six that are in there, Miz doesn't need to be in there. You know, that well, that's the ideal opportunity to have him not in the match and then do the edge. You know, McIntyre retains at the end, Miz comes in, cashes in. You know, he doesn't Miz have gets to be in that early, I can see Miz well, being like, the third. He already like had the, to. He literally has that briefcase with the title opportunity, so I really need to have a title opportunity. If he has yeah. yeah, I can see them trying to do some form of storyline where the Miz, literally, he's either going to be the last person eliminated, the second last person eliminated, and then cash in after the match. Or he might go out early and they'll forget all about him and he'll come back out. That's the... I, th- I think you yeah. put him in the match, you're not going to forget about him. That's that's my point with it. You know, it's yeah, but it's like it's like when Rollins had that. Remember the Royal Rumble match, him, Cena, and Lesnar. Yeah. Whenever he had the briefcase, and he kept saying about how even in the middle of the match he might cash in, whenever he has the chance or whatever. If he doesn't win, he's got a second opportunity. It's more because yeah. the thing is, if he goes like say the Miz is in first, goes out first. You'll forget about him as soon as he leaves the cage and nobody will pay any attention to what he does. And he might go under the cage until it's lifted and then cash in. Mm. That's that. So so I could see something like that. I don't think SmackDown's going to do one because I think they're going again for... I don't know what they're going to do here with Owens and Reigns again because they've already done everything. So. And do you think that, you know, after what he said on, uh, on, on Monday night... Do you think that uh, the Edge is going to pick McIntyre or whoever the winner of the Elimination Chamber maybe yeah. whoever comes out of that? Do you think Edge is going to go for them or do you think he's going to stick with the, the Reigns? Uh, I think he could go for Reigns. Yeah, well, if he does go for Reigns, Reigns will have to win pretty much. Um, if he goes against Drew, he, he could beat Drew. Because they may think it as a, as a ratings pop for the WWE title. That, mm-hmm. I did see something, and I thought it was pretty fun. It was like, um, hopefully Rain or hopefully Edge challenges Rain so that when he, when he wins, he decides to get rid of the Universal title and bring back the World Heavyweight title just for himself. Aye. Aye, that, I think that'd <laughs> be that'd be great to do. They're they're never doing that. Them them Universal titles are just money making gold. So they're too much. It's too easy to make it into a toy. That is. So are we in agreement then that whatever happens at the Elimination Chamber to the McIntyre probably won't be the one that leaves that with a with a belt? Like, like, yeah, because to be honest with you, see, since the last Royal Rumble, they've kind of been <coughs> building him up as the guy. Like, he seems yeah. to, like, the, the past year, he's been playing the cha- champion, not to fight anybody. Yeah, I could... I think Drew probably will win it, but you never know because they really well, push well, the shame. Really. Remember, there is between. Oh yeah, there's fast then as well too. So they might so, actually change the title just before then. Yeah, so like, a, they could change the title in elimination chamber, and he could just win it back from here. Yeah. So the but, possibilities are pretty much endless with what could happen. Personally speaking. I want to hold it to Mania and then probably lose it then because 
because I just love the, the fact that he's champion, a Scotsman that was in my sociology class at university at Glasgow, Cali, but he's up there. Who? Uh, as, as who's beat him, What? That's the only thing. The only thing I can't work out is who, who beat him. I know. Like, I well, don't know. He's, he's unbeatable. He's he really. ever beat him. He ever beat him, especially if it's an younger guy. It, it, you know, it's going to be a uh, it's yeah. going to be it's going to be interesting to see who it is anyway. Now, before we move on to the the next uh, the the next headline, uh, I do have a wee bit of advertising to do here, so I'm just going to get my my wee script. In fact, I'm doing my advertising too. So, um, classic white toilet roll from Florence. Monster me. Where's I put it? So, oh. I've got time. <laughs> Look, take that thing off, will you? I need it. Oh my, need it. oh my God, there's a running. Oh. What, what are you doing? Can, you're not up to miss here. You're just going to be quiet. Like, right, you've said your bit. Like, bug it off. Get an to up to right here. Jeez. Honestly, can't get the staff these days. Anyway, so... Uh, this week's sponsor is actually about a new wrestling television programme that's coming on. So UTV is jumping on the wrestling bandwagon this summer and bringing the graps back to Saturday nights, baby. That's right, wrestling will be back on terrestrial television. In a way, shining a light on those who are looking to pay their dues in the biz properly and to show up those who think pulling a canvas tight across 20 square foot of steel and chipboard is beneath them. The masked ringer will make luches out of local celebrities as they go the long way around to getting their five minutes of fame in the ring. From setting up merch tables to cleaning up cornflakes to getting carryouts for alcoholic imports to being told they've got a spot in the show when in reality they're making sure the curtain doesn't fall down during the dark match entrances, they'll do it all. Celebrities rumoured to be taking part include Julian Simmons, Jim McDonald off Coronation Street, Brian Neeson that used to be the goalie for Carrick Rangers, and someone who really knows what it's like to take some punishment in the ring, your mum. The Masked Ringer, this summer on UTV. Anyway, back to the show. Get away, you. Uh, back to this week's show. The next headline, probably the biggest wrestling story uh, of the week. Uh, the headline for it is, Nia Jaxi, the whole effing show. After trending <laughs> on social media for breaking her arse in the ring apron, how do you think Vince McMahon will capitalise on her off-the-cuff cry of anguish? But we won't get two minutes to discuss this one before we get on to well, the last part here. Well, I don't think he is because um, I already heard apparently they've already censored it on, um, the on playback. Okay. Yeah, apparently so, which is unfortunate because it's freaking hilarious. I've already sent her Enzo by 10 means today. Of- <laughs> have, you seen, have you seen the clip of it where it's... Um- Bully Ray saying my balls, and then I can't remember who it is. I think in TNA saying my vag, and then it's uh, Nia Jack screwing my hole, and it's like six <laughs> seconds of literally of just my balls, my vag, my hole. Over no, over again. Please send it to me. <laughs> I'll find it. I'll send it to you. Yeah. The the best one I've seen is the the Seven Dwarfs singing Hi Ho Hi Ho, but it's my hole, my hole. Brilliant. I tried to do one myself. Uh, Flight and Rabbit, one of my favourite Scottish bands. They've got a song called Keep Yourself Warm. And the, well, the I opening, think it's seen you had it up on Twitter, didn't you? Yeah, the, the opening lines of that is my hole, my hole, my hole, I want my hole, or I'll get my hole, sorry. And then it's you won't find love in a hole. 
So with my Nia Jax uh, screaming that, I, was, I thought I would maybe get a bit of traction on the <laughs> on the meme front, but alas, I did not. But do you think that 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 whole thing? I mean, obviously she's done that off her own back. You know, she's not. You know, she's tried to make a meme of herself pretty much. I think. Do you think that's something that's going to help get her over a wee bit more and make people forget about the, the big botch machine that she is? Don't people hate well, on her for fucking madness? Like, I know, like I've seen um, her new finisher or something she was doing. Yeah. And you go, I even watched it in slow motion. Um, it was Steve Vizhaisis. Uh, I think it was Dana took it, you know, like landed yeah. a perfect backbone. And like flung her head back to sell it, um, which was a perfect sell. So the, like the move was safe as houses, and everyone was like, um, everyone was given off about how dangerous it was and how she near killed Davis. Everybody shits on her, and the fact is that no wrestlers came out and said that she's unsafe to work with. So people on the internet watching her and going, "Oh, she's not safe." How the fuck would you know? Like. Listen to the people that actually get in the ring along with her. If they come out and go, Here, I don't like wrestling her, she's unsafe, then that's different. But yeah, man, that's, like, that, that, like I watched, I seen that, and people see all the people trying to break it down and being like, Oh, well, that looked really dangerous. Like, she didn't even support her, blah, blah, blah. It's like the supports, she flicks her bum up. So, the fact that she takes a back bump, that's all she needs to do. Yeah, I mean, I with, with pun fully intended, I mean, she does get a bum that about a lot of the, the, the work that she does, she does. <laughs> and it, you know it's it's maybe just because she she's a bigger girl thrown about much smaller girls half the time as well that it just looks a lot worse uh but yeah i, I i'm kind of 50 50 on her so there's some things i like about her some things i don't uh but her sense of humor and what happened on night is definitely something that i enjoy now we've we'll, only we'll five getting minutes left. Anna getting her through a table, like. <laughs> yeah, we've only got five minutes left in the pod, which is less than I was wanting uh, to do this last bit. But the and finally for this week, uh, we're going to look back at the Titanic Wrestling Show from last year. But for I think all of us was uh, the the last match uh, that we actually yep. had. Now I, um, to... I had a few after it. I was lucky. Uh, you were lucky enough to. Now, yeah. I, I asked you both to do a wee bit of homework uh, for this, where I was wanting you to uh, book how 2020 should have looked for yourselves or how you wanted it to look. So I'll come to you first, Sky. After level one, uh, what, who would you, who would your ideal opponent have been going into level two? Who would you like to face off against? Well, I would have wanted to go a quest in 2020 to fight all the um, best wrestlers I could find in Northern Ireland. Um, so I probably would have wanted to start with Rocky Star, the longest running PW champion. That was me. Speaky shaking said, was it was it was that your uh, dream opponent of your your next? No, opponent? I thought I just thought I just thought it was me. That's it. I thought it was oh, And then um, you know, I would eventually like want to get Peter um roster, like ended up fighting Tucker, and then eventually I would want to try and get gold. Now, I reckon that the people that, like, I reckon that, you know, the one that would have the belt would probably be JDP because he's got um, Tron as his tag partner. Mm-hmm. So he would probably be dominating. So when I get to him, I would probably need help. So I was thinking I would need to find myself a tag partner. And I had a few options in mind. I was thinking maybe Tommy Pierce, because then that way I can make yeah. him do my makeup partner. <laughs> <laughs> 
plus um, he's kind of shown a lot in training. Um, I was even um, thinking maybe Pucker because he's established and he's fought against JDP and beat him a few times in the past. And I was even thinking of, you know, going for Greg Parr and asking Riley um, Grace if she wants to go for him. So going down that tag route to capture gold, uh, you seen that that had been your, your best opportunity at it in Titanic, yeah? Well, yeah, if you've got a tag team that is that dominant uh, as Tron and JDP, you need a partner if you're going to go against them because, like, let's be honest, they would destroy me. I'm the tiny, I'm, like, tiny compared to both of them. They would destroy me together. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Now, Sticky, what was... Uh... Uh, what, how was uh, things shaping up in your head from after uh, level one? Where was level two going to take you to? Um, originally, I think it would have been more tag team wrestling, but um, I think if it was to go single wise, I would like to have faced um, Big Jack Ritter in his first match. <laughs> so I could kick his head off. It would have good fun, but he would have he probably would have destroyed me. But it's always been good crack just to get thrown about the ring again. I, I miss it. I generally would take an ass open right now just to get back in a wrestling ring. And outside of uh, guys within Titanic Wrestling, Sticky, if there was any import that was going to come over to Northern Ireland uh, and do some shows with us, who would you have loved to have been put up against? Oh, uh, I already said him earlier on, Orange Cassidy. So the fact oh. is me and him could have, we could have the laziest match possible and I would just, it would just be great. Because I could be hung over. Without sounding too disrespectful, Sticky, I think he would be the ideal opponent or tag partner for you. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. We don't let back some of his own. Yeah, we, we, we'd make money. Like, it'd be great fun. It was a You'd need to get him wearing a t shirt of you, wearing a t shirt of him. It's got a t shirt of, of you on me. It. So it's that, that. It just keeps incepting the whole way yep. through. Steaks at the end. Yeah, and at the end, I'm just lying on the ground underneath them at the bottom. That's all it is. And outside of Northern Ireland, Sticky, what, what promotions would you like to have worked for in 2020 as well? Oh, um, obviously, I would have liked to work probably a bit more for Titanic, just because that literally was my debut, was on uh, level one. So I'd say that I really would love to have worked for ICW in, in Scotland. Like That would have been the dream. Or WXW in Germany, just because I've never been to Germany. So that would have been nice just to go wrestle somewhere I've never been and Sky you'd mentioned in a previous podcast you were all set to uh, go to India last year for the uh, for the a, a show in your fantasy booking for 2020 does that happen and is that the only place to go no um it def- definitely would have happened in my fantasy but it wouldn't be the only place because I also would have done face females <laughs> <laughs> you know maybe, what? Uh, maybe I would have stopped off with Ibrox while I'm in Glasgow well, Fierce Females, they have, they have that in the Shed in Glasgow, which is one of the premier nightclubs uh, if you are a student in the city. Uh, and, you know, we are still students pretty much in the wrestling ring. And at this moment in time, we need to wrap up because my uh, free Zoom call is about to finish. So thank you very much, guys, for coming on. Maybe next time we'll get you on, we'll talk a wee bit more about Titanic Wrestling further. Sticky's needing the toilet roll sponsorship, so... Get on that every time you're wiping your arse. Thanks, DK. Thanks, Sky. This has been Hitting the Headlines.